Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. Here at Emmanuel Church, we believe that God wants to meet us where we're at. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can listen to the message from our Sunday worship experience. We would love for you to stay connected with us by visiting our website at myemmanuelchurch.com or at any social media platform at My Emmanuel Church. We hope you enjoy this message. Thank you for joining us here today. You can take a seat. Thank you for joining us here at Emmanuel Church. I am Pastor Gabe. Uh, I'm Pastor Gabe, and along with my wife, Lajinska, we have the honor of being able to pastor here at Emmanuel Church. We're so glad to see you here in person and online. If you are here with us, give us a shout. If you're here in person, uh, I want you to do something. I want you to go get your phone right now. People tell you not to use your phone. Get your phone and go to Facebook or YouTube and share the service right now. Come on. Uh, we want everybody to be able to see what we're doing here, because that's going to be part, a little bit of what I'm going to talk about today, but go ahead and take a seat if you were here with us this morning. We are in a new series called A New, well, not A New, this is week three. We're halfway, more than halfway through, of A New Normal, a series called A New Normal. If it's your first time here, if your first time watching online, let us know. We want to get in touch with you so that we can serve you better. And you can continue to give to support this ministry by going to myemanualchurch.com slash give. If you don't carry cash, like I don't carry cash, you can always give online or through text message through uh, by texting the amount you want to give to 84321. All that being said, I'm so glad to see your lovely faces here this morning. If anybody hasn't told you you're beautiful, you look good, I'm telling you right now, you look good, have a blessed day. I hope you have a blessed day. Today we are going to be talking about the story of Esther in in our and my message today. And we've been talking about what it looks like to live out a new normal. We're living in that current reality where we've had to change the way we do things, change the way we live out our lives. We've got to wear masks wherever we go. We've got to uh, be so, we try to social distance and uh, instead of giving high fives and hugs, sometimes we give fist bumps or, you know, wave from far or just give, give the awkward smile when you see someone <laughs> walking in that you know. You know, you know the one, the awkward smile there's only like a half a smile it's like mm-hmm. good to see you but you know we, we we've changed the way we've done we've do, we're doing things and you know our nation is in a in a state of change in a in, in in a time where change can happen drastically because of elections i mean even that is different i have never received so many text messages in my life telling me to go vote Sometimes they're even not even the right name. Sometimes they're my sister's name. It's like, hey, Natalie, go vote. I'm not Natalie. Hey, Maria. <laughs> Call me my mom. I, I, go vote. I'm not Maria. Where, how do you get this number? How do you get this number? And we're in a state where things are different, where things are changing and changing rapidly. You know, even technology is still changing and growing and things happen. You know, the a new iPhone 12 came, uh, was announced with not very many differences, better cameras and other stuff like that and four different versions of it. But things change. Things are always changing. And so we've been talking about how do we, how do we build the church in the new normal? That was what we talked about the first week. How do we build the church in our new normal? Now, last week, excuse me, last week I spoke on how 
we can be a little bit braver in this new how would we move forward and today well no that's today i'm sorry <laughs> today i'm going to be talking about how we can be a little bit braver in this new normal what do we do how do we take advantage of the situation that we are in that we are in for those who don't know esther if you've ever heard the story of esther they made a movie about it uh not too long back at least I think it was not too long back. My memory could be wrong. It could have been like 10 years ago. The story of Esther is a very interesting one. I've always been uh, um, enamored by this story of a young woman who stands up for her people in the time, uh, in a time where she could have just stayed silent and gone with the flow. She could have just let things happen and she wouldn't have been safe. Because that's the easy thing to do. We like to let things just happen and not really think about them, not really do anything about them. Sometimes it can be an inconvenience, but even then we just push through. We may not agree with it, but we just push through. And we just try to go with the flow. One thing that... uh Sometimes I I would let I would say let happen to me is there there have been a few times where I've forgotten I, I'm I'm excited I'm, I'm motivated and I head to the gym um, back when I had a gym membership and uh, I would head to the gym and I'd get to the parking lot before I realized I didn't have my headphones with me. And that was the no- most annoying thing for me because then I'd have to just settle for listening to the music that they had on the loudspeaker, which was never good music. I could never hear anything that was good. Uh, and not only that, you can't barely hear it over the voices of people talking and over the, uh, the sounds of the exercise equipment and everything. And it was just something that I would get so devastated by. And I just, well, you know what, I guess this is what's going to happen. I just go with the flow. And I was like, this is going to happen, I guess. And sometimes it would happen one time I remember I I felt like uh I felt very envious of this other guy that had brought his headphones and he was on the he was on a treadmill and he I don't know what he was listening to he it may have been some gospel because he looked like he was in a praising mood because he started shouting the whole gym could hear him he was shouting he was clapping he was excited to be there and I was just like I wish I had my headphones right now because I want to be in my space. You know, I want to be in my safe space, the space where everything else doesn't matter. And that's one of the reasons why we like to just let things pass on by because we are in a safe space in our lives. We become comfortable in the place that we are and we allow things to happen around us even if they're wrong, even if they're, even if we don't agree with it because it's not safe, because it's uncomfortable, because it's hard to do something about it. It's hard to do something about it. And Esther was a young Jewish girl who lived in the time of, of many of the, these past two weeks. I talked about uh, Zechariah and I talked about Haggai. And both of these were men of God who lived during a time where people were, had been exiled and they were going back to Israel. Some of them stayed though. And during this time, Esther was one of the people whose family had stayed in Babylon. And her family... As she was there, she ended up being chosen to be part uh, of the king's uh, harem and ended up being coming the queen. She was chosen to, to be this. She didn't want this, but she was chosen for it. And she just let it happen. It wasn't something she wanted. It wasn't something she was looking for, but it happened. 
And as such, the people that lived in, the people of Israel, the people of God that still lived in exile, that still were living away from the promised land, were facing a a challenge. There was a man by the name of Haman who hated one particular man named Mordecai who was Esther's uncle. And he hated this man because he was honored by the, by the king. He was honored by the people and people would bow down to him as declared by the king. You have to honor this man. And Mordecai refused to bow down to him. You find the story in Exodus, uh, Exodus, Esther chapter three. And he refuses to bow down to him. And so people kept pressuring him to do that, to bow to Mordecai. But Mordecai knew something was wrong with him and something was different about him. He would honor the king, but he would not honor Mordecai. And so Mordecai became furious with him and sought a way to destroy Mordecai. But then he got so upset, he's like, no, I'm not just going to, I'm not going to just get rid of Mordecai. I'm going to get rid of all of his people. I'm going to get rid of Israel. I'm going to get rid of the Jews. Jews, everyone that claims to be of Jewish descent, I want them gone. I want them dead. And so he, as he is favored by the king, he goes before the king and tells him, you know, I heard these people, the Jewish people, they don't honor you. They don't, they don't want, they don't want what you want. In fact, they want to rebel. And I think we should just get rid of them. And so the king listens to him and he says, yeah, why not? Just, just do what you will. Do what you will with the people. And so this is where we find this situation. This is where we find Esther in this situation. Esther is the queen. Esther has the ear of the king. Esther has position and power. Yet she could have easily just not done anything. She could have been, she was safe. Even if the Jewish people were destroyed, she was a queen. So she was like, I'm safe. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to say anything. I don't have to, to, to get involved in this situation. But Mordecai comes to her and has a conversation with her. And he says, you know, you have an opportunity here to do something. You have a position that you have been put in to make a difference. You have the chance to be brave and take advantage of the situation that you didn't want to be in, but now you're in. You have a chance to do something. And he tells her, and I've always loved this verse, Esther chapter 4 verse 14, he said this, he says, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. Mordecai had faith that God would save his people. He says, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. He says, who knows? You didn't choose this. You didn't want this. You don't like this. But who knows that God has put you in this royal position for such a time as this. For such a time as this. We don't like quarantine. We don't like COVID. We don't like none of this situation. We don't like, you know, many people don't like wearing masks. They find it annoying, uh, inconvenient. We don't like having to, we have, we haven't liked just being on church, at church online. We don't like these situations, but what if, what is God doing in the situation that we can leverage? How can we take our new normal and use it for God's glory? 
How can we take our new normal and use it for God's glory? But before I get there, how, why, why do we do? Why do we go with the flow? Because that's what it is, going with the flow. We're going with the flow. When we don't do anything about our situations, we, we just go with the flow. We let, we let things happen. People pressure us into doing things, and we're just like, okay, you know, this might as well be my life now. This is my life now. This is the situation I'm in. We get into jobs or things that we don't like. Uh, we get into relationships or places or, you know, we, we, we put ourselves in situations uh, our, our, by our own choice that we may not like or that we may not understand. We look at the world around us right now and say, like, why did this have to happen this year? You know, this was my year. I mean, every year we say that, you know, this is my year. 2020 is my year. But we said that in 2019. <laughs> 2019 is my year. 2018 is my year. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But we say that. And we understand, why did it have to happen today? And so, but, but I guess this is just it. This is, this is just what's going to happen. I can't do anything about it. I'm just going to stay here and be unhappy in my situation. We don't, we go with the flow because it's easier. We go with the flow because we don't have to worry about anything. It's easy. It's easy to just let things happen. You know, we we would inconvenience ourselves to more. You know, when I was talking about forgetting my headphones at the gym, I could easily have dro- driven back. It only takes me seven minutes to go home from my from the gym I was at. Could have taken me seven minutes to drive back, get my headphones, and then go back. Not a long trip. But I was like, this is just my life now. I have to do, I'm not, I don't want to go back because it's inconvenient. That's another reason. Number two, we, we, we're in, it's in, an inconvenience. It's an inconvenience to fight the status quo, to be different, to stand out. It's an, an inconvenience. It's inconvenient to, to, to eat healthy because our favorite snacks are right at our fingertips. It's inconvenient. To do these things, so we don't like to. We, 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 so we just go with the flow. We go with the flow. We go with the flow because we're scared. Fear keeps us in the status quo. We're afraid that if we actually do something, we might face consequences for it. People might not like us. We, we might have to leave our safe space. What we know, what, what's our comfort, might disappear from our lives. So we're afraid. We become afraid. We become afraid. And all of this keeps us living in the status quo. All of this keeps us where we're at. And all of this is is present today. When we move to online church, it's easy to say, well, I can just watch church anytime I want. And then what happens, we fall into the status quo of not even going to church, not even watching church, not even reading our Bible. That's why we don't read our Bibles. Ah, it's inconvenient. I don't, I don't have time. When, when am I going to find the time? And then we binge watch Netflix for five hours. When am I going to find the time? When, you know, it's inconvenient. It's worrisome. We're, we're afraid. But what if I do? Sometimes we don't like to do things that God has asked us to do because of the fear that we're going to have to f- change. But I like my life. I like my life. I like the things I do. What if I have to change? I don't want to change. I don't want to change what I do, the places I go, the things I do, the people I see. I don't want to change that. 
I don't want to change it. We don't like these things, so we just go with the flow. We go with the flow. But we have a choice. We have a choice to stay where we're at or move into the calling that God has for us. We have a choice to stay at the status quo or we have a choice to make a difference. It's easy to say, I don't want to vote. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Because what does it matter? It's easy to stand in a place of indifference and watch the world burn around you and say, I'm okay. But we have a choice. But we will have obstacles to overcome. We have to overcome that fear. We have to, we have to overcome the fear. We have to overcome our, our, our worries of inconvenience. We have to wor- overcome, uh, uh, the, the comfort. Comfort is a hard thing to overcome. Because, you know, it's like when you get in a comfortable position in bed and then someone like knocks on your door or calls you, you know, calls you from the other room. It's like, I need something. It's like, but I just got here. I just got here. I don't want to move. But we have to overcome these things. So how are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? How did Esther do that? As Esther, Esther is queen. She, she was smart. She was an intelligent, she was an intelligent woman. She was an intelligent woman. And so the first thing that she did before she did anything is she prayed. How do we overcome fear? How do we overcome inconvenience? How do we overcome the status quo? How do we, how do we move into a space where we are ready to, to make a difference? We pray. Not only pray, but fast. Esther called together the, her people, the people she was, she knew. The people she was close to and she said, go, pray, and fast for three days. Before anything happens, we need to call on God. If we are ever going to move to a place where fear doesn't control us, where comfort doesn't control us, where we are not satisfied with the status quo, we have to connect ourselves with God. We have to break out of that comfort. And the only way we will do that is through prayer and fasting. And we don't like, we, we, I mean, we pray, you know. And we even love prayer, but we never, but many of us don't like to combine it with fasting. I've, I've never heard anyone tell me and they're like, oh, I love to fast. <laughs> That's not the thing people say. If you don't want fasting, you know, because fasting is giving up something. Fasting is abstaining from certain foods. Abstaining from food altogether, abstaining for things that you like, taking a break, you know, fasting from social media, fasting from streaming platforms, fasting from all these things so that you can be, so that you can move, so that you can change, so you can see, so that you can hear God. Many of us are praying and we think that that is enough to get us to a new level or to get us to a new place in life or to get us to a, to the place where God wants us to live in. But we neglect fasting because fasting then takes all the noise out of our lives and puts our focus on God, connects us to God. So if we want to change and we want to adapt to our new normal and move in our new normal, we have to pray and we have to fast. This is what Esther did. This is how she was able to overcome her fear. Because I'm pretty sure she was still afraid even then. Because even though she was queen... 
she couldn't just waltz up to the king. If you know the story, the Bible tells us that no one went uninvited to the king's chambers. No one. Not even the queen. She couldn't just show up. She couldn't just appear and expect to be welcome. In fact, there was every chance if she would confront the king, she could die. Because she would be shown as disrespectful. Be seen as disrespectful. So she was smart. She was wise. She used wisdom. That's the second thing that she used to overcome her obstacles. Wisdom. She thought it through. It's like, what am I going to do? I, you know, because a lot of us, we don't use wisdom. And I like to call wisdom common sense. <laughs> a lot of people don't have common sense nowadays, honestly. Like, there's a lot of people I see, it's like, can you, like, I, like, one of the things that frustrates me the most about going to, like, stores and things like that nowadays is that I see people's, like, disposable masks, like, thrown everywhere. They're just in the parking lots, on the floors, in the stores. It's like, can you, like, take it to a trash can? It's like common sense. You don't just throw it on the floor. Like, common sense. Little things. And, in fact, I think King Solomon would agree with me. I, um, king Solomon wrote the book of, most of the book of Proverbs, and he was known as the wisest king in the world. You know, wisest king in history, wisest person in history. People came from far and wide to come and hear his wisdom, you know. But a lot of his wisdom was often common sense. It's like, man, you know, it seems so simple. You know, one of the first trials that he faced was these two women who had, uh, each had a baby. And one of the babies unfortunately passed in the middle of the night. And the other one tried to steal the other baby from, from the other woman. And so the king does something that seems ludicrous. Solomon did something that seems ludicrous. It's like, well, bring the baby here and let's cut it in half. Each of you can have part of it. It's like, what? Excuse me? Uh, Your majesty, that's a little wild, don't you think? That's a little, that's a little weird. Are you sure we should do that? And then one of the women was like, no, please, just, just let her have the kid. Just let her have the baby. I, I don't want him to die. And the other one was like, yeah, makes sense to me. <laughs> so who, in common sense, did the baby belong to? The woman who obviously cared for the life of the child. And it's like, wait, she used wisdom. She used this kind of wisdom. She's like, okay, what am I going to do? She made a plan. She's like, I'm going to throw, a, I'm going to have dinner, and I'm going to invite the king to dinner. And she did that for three days. She's like, I'm going to invite the king to dinner. And she was still afraid. She was supposed to bring up the subject. I need to save my people. But she would kind of step back every single time. But she proved that she was smart. She was trusting God in these moments. That was the third thing that she did to be able to overcome these obstacles is that she put her trust in God. After the three times that she was using her wisdom, she was getting closer to the king, getting him comfortable with her presence, getting comfortable with listening to her voice, with her being with him. She decided now is the time, and she went to the king's chamber. And she's like, this is the moment. I have to put my trust in God. It's literally do or die. And she walked in to the king's court. And everybody was silent for a moment. 
And it says, the king extended his scepter to her, which was a sign that he welcomed her into his presence. That she, by, by that definition, by his action, by what he did, he proclaimed to everyone that was watching that no, she did not need permission. She could show up when she wanted to. She was welcome in his presence. And no one could say otherwise. She trusted God in that moment to hold Xerxes, the king, into a place where he would welcome her and speak her mind. And she spoke and uh, to, to be able to save the Jewish people. She told them, this is what's happening. You told Haman that he could kill the Jewish people, but I need you to know that I'm part of that people. I'm part of the people of Israel. And so the whole plan backfired on Haman. <laughs> whole plan backfire. He's like, hold up. You want to kill the Jewish people? You trying to kill my wife? I don't think so. I don't think so. She trusted God. She trusted that God would stand with her in these moments. These the the time that we live in right now is a difficult circumstance and we we don't know what's going to happen next. We don't we can't see. We, we don't know when there's going to be a vaccine. We don't know when things might be more normal. We don't know when things are going to change again. We don't know when, we don't know if things will ever really go back to normal. We can say they will. I mean, we might live again and have an opportunity to go around and not wear masks all the time, but it might not be the same. It's still going to be different. But just like Esther in her situation trusted God, we need to trust God. We need to pray. We need to call on him. We need to use wisdom in these situations so we can figure out what do we do now? What can we do? We talked about in week one how we can build up the church, how we can build ourselves up. But what can we do now in our situation? Because our mission is not yet done. We're still supposed to be able to spread the gospel to people. We're still be able, we're still supposed to be reaching to people in love. So how do we do that now? If, if it's weird to invite people to church. If it was weird before, it's even weirder now. It's like, you know, there's a bunch of us coming to worship God. I don't know about that. Doesn't sound too safe. It's weird. People avoid large gatherings now. They go to Walmart and things like that because of necessity. Otherwise, you know, I need food. But it's difficult and odd to be in a place of large gatherings. So what do we do? What can we do? If Esther can leverage her new normal in life and take advantage of the situation to make a difference in the world around her, then so can we. Then so can we. We have to be able to take this chance. What does that mean? Use social media. Use social media. Um, I was talking to uh, 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 Julian. Uh, many of you know who know him. Uh, he used to be here in our church. Love him. And he was telling me, and and he spoke on this too. He's like, you know, I remember there was a time before all of this that I'd hear pastors and I'd hear some preachers. You know, no offense to them, but they'd be preaching and stuff, and say, like, Facebook is of the devil. <laughs> Don't use social media. Stay away from your phones. Hey, I'm not going to lie. When I was younger, I used to be the same way. That's, that's what I was taught. That's what I grew up with. I remember when MySpace was a thing. That's my, that's my age right there. MySpace. Uh, 
When MySpace was the thing, if you even know what that is, it was the precursor to Facebook. It was ahead of its time, really. Um, you could put music on your profile, and you had a list of top friends, and you could put code and change your backgrounds and do whatever you wanted to to your own profile. It was, it was, it was ahead of its time. People weren't ready for it yet. <laughs> now I remember having a conversation with someone one time. It's like, I wish Facebook would let us change our background on our profile. It's like, that's MySpace. That was what MySpace was doing. And I remember at that time, I was like, this is not of God. I was, I was teaching that. I was preaching that. And then eventually I got MySpace. <laughs> and then eventually I got Facebook. We have to realize that there are tools out there that we can still use to reach people. That's why I asked you at the beginning of the sermon, take a moment, share the message. Share the service because there's going to be someone that's going to see that. There's going to be someone on your feed that's going to get a chance to connect with us. There's going to be a chance that through that message, through that, through just a share, just a like, just a sharing of a, a picture or a comment or a post or a sermon or a clip, that someone's life might be changed by that. You don't know. You don't know what people need. You don't know what they're looking for at the time. And you don't know how how much of an effect that will have. Leverage our tools. And that's what we're doing right now. A lot of churches had to move into online streaming who thought they'd never be streaming before. And now they are. And they're reaching people that they were never able to reach before. And the same thing is happening to us. We've been able to do that. Leverage our situations. Take advantage, and not only that, first, use social media. Second, take advantage of the time you have with people. We might not always be able to meet in person with people now, but anytime you do, take advantage of when you are with people. Time is precious with others in this world. You know, time, don't, don't get annoyed because someone is having a conversation with you, because who likes to talk to people, right? <laughs> I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was at Walmart shopping for my groceries, and I I I, I bought a, a weight plate for my home gym. And this guy stopped and goes, how much are they selling those for? And I just had a whole conversation with him about, he was talking about how he recycles scrap metal and has a whole bunch of stuff, and he used to have a bunch of them. I was like, are you still giving them away? He's like, I might have thrown them away. I was like, oh, man. But you never know who you're going to meet. You never know the chances and opportunities that you have to share the love of Jesus with people, to share the gospel with people. Take advantage of the situation that you have with people now because time is precious with people. I think that's something that we've realized during this time even more so than before. Sometimes we would take it for granted the opportunities that we'd have to meet in person with people. But now we've we got to do that. We've got to leverage our time with people. I'm not telling you... Start beating them with the Bible? No. So, you know, the Bible says you shouldn't be sent. No, no, no. But extend the love of Christ to the people that you meet wherever you're at. All of this to say that it is our responsibility as a church to reach people for Jesus. Now, let me say that again. Because it's not my responsibility as a pastor, it's not, let me rephrase that, it's not just my responsibility as a pastor. The norm for people in church is often been, well, it's my pastor's job to preach the gospel, and I really don't have to do anything. 
I really don't got to do much. I, I just got to, you know, show up to church and that's my job to be a good Christian. Check. I did that. Check. I prayed. Check. I did this. So we like to check boxes all the time. But it's not just my job. It's not just my job to preach the gospel. It's your job too. It's our job collectively. How can we preach the gospel? How can we do a better job of seeing the love of Jesus extended to people who need it? What can we do? And we have to think about it in terms of everything that we do. The Bible tells us that do what everything that you do, whether you eat or drink or sleep, do it for the glory of God. Take advantage of the time that you have, the resources that you have, who you are and what you do. How can people see Jesus in you? How can you make a difference in what you share and what you post and how you talk and how you live? It is our calling to do this. And it is definitely easier to stay comfortable and just go to church. It is not comfortable to be the church, to be out there, to do something, to take a stand like Esther did, and to make a difference. Some people may not have even known that Esther was fighting for their lives, and they, and they ended up realizing that they had been saved. Someone might not even know that you're praying for them, that you're reaching out to them, that you're, you're sharing the love of Christ that they might need so desperately. They might not even know that they need it themselves. But in time, they will be able to see when we, be, when we are the church, when we live as the church, instead of just going to church. Would you stand with me this afternoon? As I close out today, my question to you today, my challenge to you today is, is this. What will you do? Where will you start? It's, it doesn't have to be something big. You don't got to save a nation. I'm not asking you to do that. That was Esther's calling. But what can you do? Where you're at? At home? In school? College or high school, middle school? All of our students at work, for those of us who work, at Walmart or Target, if you're a little more bougie, <laughs> sellers, Jovies, where, what, do you, what, what, what can you do where you're at? What can you do with your online presence? What can you do to share the gospel with people who need it? I'm, you don't got to be preachy. What you got to do is love people wherever you're at, wherever your hand reaches. Stand before the world that will try and put us down, that will try and stop us. And realize that even though it's scary, even though it's difficult, even though it's not easy, even though it's uncomfortable, God is standing with us. God is standing with us. So what will we do? How will we be the church in this new normal today? Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to be here today. We thank you for your word. 
Help us today. Help us today see what we can do. Wherever we might be at. It might not be easy. And there are things we need to overcome to get there. But you have extended your hand to us and you will walk with us. Let us see what we can do to be the church. Let us see what we can do to love those who no one else wants to. The outcasts, the broken, the immigrant, our neighbors. How can we love our neighbors today, God? Let us move from a place of indifference to a place of action today. So that we might be the church that you have called us to be. So forgive us, God. Forgive us for anything. Forgive us for the way that we've been living that has been silent, that has been indifferent. And help us to move into a place of love and action. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One more thing I want to pray for. And that's in anybody that might need a new chance at life. Need a new chance at Jesus. Need a new chance in Jesus. And the beautiful thing about the story of Esther is that... We see the king extend his scepter to Esther and tell her she is welcome. That's Jesus today. He says, it doesn't matter what you are, who you think you are, who people say you are, what you've done in life. He extends his hand out to you and says, here I am. You are welcome in this place. Welcome to my house. Welcome in my family. You are loved today. So if you need Jesus, I want to pray for you today. I just ask that you close your eye, bow your head, wherever you're at, if you're watching online. And I want to pray for you. And pray with me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I don't know where else to go. But you said that you loved me. That you've extended your hand to me. So here I am. Here's my life. I want a new chance at living. Father, anybody that prayed that prayer right now, we, we cover them in your love and prayer. We, let, we want to let them know that they are no longer alone in this, in this journey of life, that they are now a new creation, that they are now part of the family of Jesus Christ, Lord, that you have brought them to a new place of new beginnings. And they have a new life in this moment. And that we would be able to be a good family to them, to lift them up in prayer and love and support. We thank you for this decision that they've made right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message today. And we would love to hear the story about how God is using this ministry to change your life. You can share it with us at myemmanuelchurch.com slash mystories. And if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. And if you're in the Houston area, we would love to see you on Sundays at 1130 a.m. Have a blessed week.